it was a pretty impressive group. A lot of these guys truly do look the part, and when you watch them go out there and compete at a high level and get that great effort and energy and something to be excited about. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So, I don't want to talk about the Bucks, at least at the very start of the show. I want to talk Brewers and... I'm sure we'll discuss the Packers at some point. You know, we've talked a lot about Coach Bud. And NBA coaching discourse is just really tough for me. Because in the NFL, it's like, wow, Shanahan is great. McVay is great. Mike McDaniel is great. And Pete Carroll's awesome. And all the coaches are awesome. And when we talk about coaches in the NBA, it's just like everyone sucks. Everyone sucks. Bud sucks. Doc Rivers is the worst. Sixers fans. I mean, talk to Ben Kenny. They're kind of just constantly sitting on pins and needles waiting for the bottom to drop out. Talk to Celtics fans right now. Oh, Joe Mazzula doesn't take time out. Moron. Bum. I saw Warriors fans today tweeting about how Steve Kerr has coasted for years just on his ability to manage egos. And now the the, the ego management isn't going to get it done. He actually needs to coach, and he's being exposed in this postseason. I don't think Monty Williams is that great of a coach. I was talking to a, a friend who works not in the NBA, but works around the NBA, covers the NBA. He's like, I don't think Monty Williams is that great. Would someone please tell me who in the NBA is a good coach? That's something I never hear other than Eric Spolstra. Other than Eric Spolstra, most coaching conversation is how this guy isn't very good and this guy's bad at this and this guy's bad at this. I I swear to God, I saw tweets from Warriors fans and Warriors blogs today that were coming after Steve Kerr after last night. It's like, What the heck? Coaching discussions in the NBA. Very, very interesting. Unlike the NFL, unlike baseball, although I don't know if there's much manager discourse amongst MLB fans. Other than, is Craig Council the best, the second best? Is he head and shoulders the best manager in the league? Right, we have that conversation, but that's that's about it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Pills. Hope you've had a killer day. Brewers won again last night. Don't let the Brewers get hot. They've won two in a row. We're going to talk about last night's game and how the Brewers, despite losing, what was it, six in a row last week, actually actually showing me some things that I like. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up in about a half hour. I want to discuss the Brewers. I want to talk Packers in the second hour of the show. A lot of times that's what we do. Like there's, there's one or two things always going on in the world of the Green Bay Packers, and I just I push that till 5 o'clock. I don't have the heart to start with. With the Packers. If you want to join the show, give me a text or give me a call, 608-796-2558. And I'm on Twitter, always, at Wisco Grant. Uh, speaking of Giannis and the Bucks, by the way, he tweeted a pretty hardcore picture of himself at 322 that says, I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm coming. Maybe that's his way of saying, I am about to go to the gym to work on my free throws. I would have liked this approach maybe you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't want to nitpick our boy Giannis. Uh, not exactly a great playoff series. He should be tired of the disrespect. Go. Sucked in this series. Rory tweets in. He says, Greg Popovich is a great coach. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. What the Spurs win? 16 games this year? Never thought I'd see the day where Greg Popovich tanked a season. But here we are, 2023. Weirder things have happened. 
So I had band practice last night. It's my one like hobby extracurricular thing that conflicts with sports, which is weird because this band, we had like a year long hiatus. We were playing a lot right before the pandemic started. And then we were playing a lot right as we came out of the pandemic. So we practiced a lot in the summer of 2020 into the spring of 2021. And that was when the bubble was going on. So I have these memories of playing music in our buddy's detached garage with my phone off to the side or, or paying attention to the bucks in the heat in the bubble. It was very traumatic. And I experienced a couple of those games, you know, off to the side while we were practicing in this garage. Now the band's fired back up. And lo and behold, I at band practice last week and the week before watched the Bucks lose in a playoff series in the same garage. Time is a flat circle. It's very interesting and bizarre to me. Anyways, band practice last night. We do it on Monday nights because it works best for our drummer. So Monday night is the night we play because without our drummer, I mean, what do we have? Without Giannis, we have nothing. Without a drummer, a, a band is nothing. I get home last night around 10 o'clock and I catch up on the Brewer game and what happened. Okay, yeah, hung one on the Dodgers. Nice game. Freddie Peralta was great again. Okay, oh, Joey Weimer, nice. Catching up on what I missed. And then I watch the end of Lakers-Warriors. And then I catch up on Heat Knicks. Heat Knicks just doesn't have a lot of juice for me. I don't have a lot of angst directed towards the Miami Heat. They just kick the butt's ass. I'm mad at the Bucks. I'm not mad at the Heat. I'm mad at the Bucks. So it's not that I'm not watching Heat Knicks because I'm angry at the Heat. I, I just don't think it's a very compelling series. I don't think either one of these teams can win a title. I don't think either one of these teams can make a finals. So if there's one series that's going to get put on the back burner because I want to watch the Brewers or I got other things going on, it's going to be Heat Knicks because I don't think either team can win a championship. Julius Randle had a quote last night after the game. Uh, he was asked about the Miami Heat out hustling the Knicks. I'm looking at the tweet from ESPN right now. And the quote says, maybe they want it more. I don't know. That's nice. Uh, even if that's true, you don't say that. Stepbrothers. You don't say that. You, you don't say, well, the other team wants it more because then you are admitting that this does not mean as much to us as it means to them. So just to clarify and just to summarize, the Miami Heat won their first round series because the Bucks were too focused on the month of June to play basketball in the month of April. Okay, they were counting down uh, wins to win an NBA championship and not counting down wins to beat the Miami Heat. So that's why the Heat won round one. Now the Heat are going to beat the Knicks in the second round because, by the admission of Julius Randle, who plays for the Knicks, the Heat won it more. Well, isn't this electric basketball? Isn't this a postseason round that I'm going to tell my kids about one day? This will make a hell of a championship DVD, right? If the Heat were to win a title and the DVD comes out and you have the highlights and the dramatic music and the narrator said, round one was not all that close because the Bucks weren't all that engaged. And in round two, the Heat just wanted it more. It's like, wow, compelling. That's That's great for the league. Look. I'm thinking back to some of my favorite playoff runs the last few years. Just very recent memory. Let's say last eight years or so. The Raptors, I think a very surprising run in 2019. Not as surprising as the Heat, but still not the one seed. The Bucks are the one seed. Raptors in 2019 advanced through the second round on a Kawhi Leonard game winner in game seven against the Sixers that bounced down the rim three or four times before it fell in. 
drama, intrigue, right? Uncertainty on, on who's going to win the series till the last second of the last game, the seventh game. That was 2019. The Bucks in 2021 advanced in overtime of game seven in the second round because Kevin Durant's foot was barely on the line. Kevin Durant, by the way, had 48 points in that game. Now, I am not minimizing the Bucks advancing by saying, well, they, they were an inch away from losing. A lot of these close playoff series, the teams are an inch away from losing. The Raptors in 19. The Warriors in 2016 advanced because the Rockets missed 27 straight threes or some ridiculous number like that. So often these great, compelling, competitive championship runs from some of the most memorable, at least teams that I remember from the last couple of years, they, they came down to one shot. They came down to an inch. They came down to a toe, the ball bouncing on the rim, the drama, the intrigue. The Heat are going to advance through the first two rounds because their opponents didn't want it as much. And that's just dumb. And I'm not mad at the Heat. I'm mad at the Bucks. I'm mad at the Knicks. This is the postseason. And if the Heat go on to win a title, the story of that NBA title is going to be written by the Bucks basically admitting we overlooked this team and the Knicks basically admitting they want it more than us. Sick. That's great. That's really, that's just round of applause for everyone involved. Last couple weeks in the Miami Heat. Um, Bam Adebayo, by the way, finally had like an eye-popping game last night. He's just been kind of, you know, playing defense and setting screens while Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry make threes. But I got to listen to Simmons and Russell. Oh, my God, Bam's so good. Oh, my God. If I if I could pick any player in the Eastern Conference, I mean, Giannis is one, Tatum, and then uh, Robert Williams, and then Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, and Derek White, but then probably Bam. It's a Boston joke. God, maybe I do hate the Heat. I do hate the Heat, but I don't hate the Heat because of the Heat. I hate the Heat because of the Bucks. The Bucks did this to me. It's like a like an ex-girlfriend ruining all women. It's like my team ruining all basketball, or a lot of basketball. It's just a stupid path the Heat are taking. And we're not minimizing the path, like good for the Heat, but some of these championship runs the last couple of years, these wild, dramatic stories, and now it's the Heat just trying harder than other teams. Great. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. Lakers are up 3-1 now after last night. The Heat are up 3-1 over the Knicks. So Lakers, Heat, starting to feel like the bubble, and... You know, not that this is a political show, but it's looking like we might get Biden-Trump again. It is 2020 all all over again. It's a, flash, it's a flashback to a couple of years ago. I see our friend uh, Bart Winkler on Twitter complaining about how these playoffs stink because these playoffs legitimize the bubble. We see what the Lakers are doing now, and we have to look back at the bubble and say, oh, that was legit. That wasn't a fluke. We see what the Heat are doing now, and we, we have to look back at the bubble and say, oh, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just because it was played in Disney World. The Miami Heat were a good team. They did deserve that run, you know, whatever, because a lot of people like to minimize the bubble. Hot take. I might be in the minority here, but I think we should view each postseason as its own entity in the NBA and in the NFL. Baseball is weird. It's hard to compare football and basketball and even hockey because hockey's played in seven game series and I think there are some similarities the ebbs and flows of the postseason to the NBA so set baseball aside and set hockey aside because I don't know anything about hockey but in the NBA and the NFL I think each postseason should be viewed as its own entity right the Packers failed in 2020 and in 2021 lost the Bucks lost the Niners so fans in their frustration now want to go back and revisit 2010 well, the Packers only won that year because Caleb Haney played in an NFC Championship game or, or revisit 2014. Well, 
sure, Brandon Bostic botched an onside kick and, and there was a fake field goal, but Aaron Rodgers sucked. And, and we're going to go back and retroactively place more blame on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers for 2014 and 20, you know what, 2016 and 2019 too. I know the Packers were the far inferior team in both of those years, but Aaron Rodgers keeps losing in the playoffs. So screw him. We're going to make those two games entirely his fault as well, right? We've gone back after these recent playoff failures and, and relitigated and revisited all these other playoff. I don't think that's fair. The Bucks have failed the last two years for a multitude of different reasons. Last year against the Celtics, this year against the Heat. So now fans want to go back and revisit 2019-2020. 2020-21, and last year, 2022, with the Celtics. And I don't think that's fair. Because legacies should not be able to go backwards. In normal circumstances, the legacy of a player or the legacy of a team in any particular era should not be allowed to go backwards. Now, legacies can stop. Legacies can halt. Legacies can be on an upward trajectory and then all of a sudden, nope, we can't go any higher. Sure, but you can't turn around and undo what has been done. We can't go back to the Packers 2010 Super Bowl and minimize it as fluke and as luck because Aaron Rodgers played really poorly in the second half or the fourth quarter against the Bucks and in a game against the Niners that was 10 years later. Right, and we can't go back and, and relitigate early playoff runs with Coach Bud and Giannis. Like, the 2019 Bucks hadn't arrived yet. Go back and look at that series against Toronto. I think the Raptors were the better team, and I think they had the better player. That's not excusing the Bucks. That's not excusing Giannis, because Giannis needed to make improvements, needed to get better free throws, needed to expand his game. Chris Middleton just needed to get better all around. The roster needed more help. 2020, the Bucks still weren't good enough. And I think they were really impacted by the bubble. Now, in 2021... Giannis, Chris, and Bud all took a step. Giannis expanded his game. Chris Middleton, I think, really started to hone in his game relative to Giannis and what they could do together. And Bud took a step using Giannis as a roller and doing these different things. And John Horst took a step. They added Drew Holiday. And they finally did it. They won a title. And I don't think just because the Bucks have come up short the last two years, we're supposed to now look back at those other years and, and, and change history and say, well, they wasted 2019. They wasted 2020. I would have preferred the Bucks to win in those years, and I'm not excusing their shortcomings. But I, I thought that we're supposed to praise the player and praise the team that failed and then overcame, right? We're supposed to. We like that. Giannis wasn't good enough in 2019. Chris Middleton wasn't good enough in 2019. They weren't good enough in 2020, so they keep working. They kept evolving their game, come back, and, and they, they get a couple things to go their way, and they win a title in 2021. Too many folks look back and think, well, they blew it in, in this year, and they blew it in this year. Way too often, we blame the organization. Oh, the Bucks wasted Giannis in 19. Giannis wasn't good enough in 2019. Giannis wasn't good enough in 2020. Right? There were years where the Packers roster wasn't good enough, where Aaron Rodgers didn't play good enough. We always want to talk about how an organization wasted this year, wasted that year. Man, the Bucks did a lot of good things around Giannis. Giannis needed to get better, and he did. And Chris Middleton needed to get better, and he did. Right? And now the Bucs are going to have to work on their roster again. And I think Giannis is going to have to get back in the lab and work on some things after regressing a bit this year. I, I just don't like emotionally reacting to a loss in the postseason and then turning around and looking back at all the other years and, and changing history and changing the way you feel. I don't think that's fair. I think a lot of these these years, these seasons are are their own entities. And for the most part, we should treat them as such. 608-796-2558. Tony's in Texas. Tony, sorry to make you wait. What's going on? Welcome. Hello, hey, Grant, I'm actually in Mexico, so I don't know what these international Ooh. rates are, so I'll make it kind of quick. All right. So, hey, 
I don't want to dismiss your points because I think you're making some good points. I've seen it with the Mavericks and Dirk, you know, and I'm seeing it with Luca too. You know, these teams that are that not your major market teams, it's tough to build a winner consistently that's going to get to the finals and ultimately win, win it all. So I'm not dismissing what you're saying, but I do believe in heat culture. There's something to this, man. Sure. This Eric Spolstra, he does more with less. And the Bucks, they've been on the short end of the coaching stick. I'm telling you, it's been an issue. The great Rick Majerus. Do you know who Rick Majerus is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Coached at Utah very long. Coached at Ball State. Was a longtime Marquette assistant. Mm-hmm. Spent one year under Don Nelson in Milwaukee as an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Said he learned more that one year than he ever did in basketball. Coaching matters. Being around elite coaches matter. Bud was around Greg Popovich. Learned some stuff from him. But ultimately, his assistant coaches seem to be more successful than him. Yeah, Bud's got this ultimate like great winning percentage during the regular season. That doesn't mean diddly to me, Grant. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know when the stakes are higher, the defense is better. Yeah. The, the nerves. The nerves are, are like you're you're nervous Margins going to the free slimmer. throw line. Yes, the margins are slimmer. I mean, think about the Heat. They almost lost to the Spurs that one year. They had a Ray Allen miracle three-pointer. Yeah. I mean, there there is a, such a small margin of error. Mm-hmm. I, I can go back in NBA history. I'll go back even further to the 80s, 1988. Isaiah Thomas and, and, and the uh, and the Pistons were breaking, breaking down uh, the Celtics. They beat the Celtics. They're playing the Lakers in the finals. They got the Lakers beat, but Isaiah Thomas gets hurt, and they ultimately lose in seven on a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar free throw in Game 7. So these games are so close. Now, with that being said, the Bucks need to be they need to be at their peak during these next three years. And what does that mean? Peak coaching, peak management, and peak players. And I don't think they've had all three. I really don't. And it, it's the coaching. I think, the coaching has got to be better. I think the roster was as good as it's been in these last three seasons. I think their roster is better last year and this year than it was in the title year. I, I know P.J. Tucker brought an edge, but P.J. Tucker, like, kind of sucks on offense, man. Like, he makes life difficult, but his personality and a lot of the things that he brings, that, you know, that aren't X's and O's related were really good for the Bucks. It seems to be really good for Philly right now. I, I think the roster's been really good. I think Giannis, the last two years would hit, is his peak. This year was not his peak, not the peak year for Chris Middleton. Uh, and obviously not a peak year for coaching. Tony, you coach basketball. Let me ask you this. Other than Eric Spolstra, what is an NBA coach? Name me an NBA coach remaining in the postseason who you think is really good. Not just fine, not just good, but like we say this coach is bad, this coach is bad, this coach. Other than Spolstra, is there a great coach you think that's remaining in the postseason? I, I, I look at guys that get more with less. Who is getting more with less? Now, Tom Thibodeau is getting schooled by, by Spolstra. I've always been a Tipito guy, but he runs his team into ground. I think a guy like Quinn Snyder, he got picked up by the Hawks. There's a reason why Quinn Snyder has not been unemployed very long. Mm-hmm. Guys like that, Rick Carlisle is an outstanding basketball coach. I don't, it doesn't matter that they don't win a ring. It, it, that's not that's not the case. It's well, not. It's apples and oranges, man. Well, this you, is, this but is you were just saying that you man. don't care about regular. You were telling me with Bud, you don't care about regular season. Now I, you're telling me it I, doesn't matter if they don't want to win. And I it, agree with you. I think those coaches champ- are good. But. You just told me, Grant. You just told me this is a championship caliber roster, uh-huh. and I agreed with you. I agreed with you. This is a championship caliber roster that did not, for whatever reason, bring it. They're all game one. They didn't. And then guess what? Their best player, the MVP, the so-called best player in the league, gets hurt for a couple of the games, comes back, isn't 100%, and they get they get knocked out. So 
Coaches matter. I'm telling you, yeah. it does. I, I'm it not, does. Look, I'm not saying coaches don't matter. I'm saying it seems like with most of the co- most of the coaching discussions we have in the NBA is this guy sucks. Doc Rivers, we're complaining about. Joe Mazzulla, we're complaining about. I saw Warriors people well, complaining about Steve Kerr today. It just seems like there's one or two elite coaches, and then every other fan base is just constantly upset with their coach. I mean, ultimately, you got to put the ball in the bucket, right? And you got to stop yeah. the other guy. Yep. Yep. I mean, hopefully it comes down to the, you know, the, the players, but putting those players in the best position and I, Hey, Grant, you're right. I do coach AAU basketball. You do. And when I'm not coaching my team, I, I hear it from the parents because my team's not as motivated. They're not playing as hard. You know why? Cause I'm up their ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up their ass all the time. You've got to be on players, butts. Giannis guys like Chris Middleton. Why aren't you playing defense, Chris? Why you know, what's you... going on here, Chris? I, I want Giannis to get after some people. I want to see Giannis get after some of his teammates next year. And I'm going to leave you with this. You're, you're talking about Giannis. I'm hearing a lot of, like, a lot of uh, basically hot air from Giannis on Twitter right now. Grant, what is that all about? I'm coming for you. What would he say? People that up there. He didn't post that. Like, I know everyone's going to want to make a big deal out of it, it, but he didn't He didn't post that. He's got a Pull guy up, who does Grant. all this. Let's talk about that really quick. This is just hot air. We're in the middle of a losing in the playoffs, and he's bringing up something. I mean, I need Cone Roller to call me back. This is just hot air from Giannis. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Someone, it's someone who runs his Twitter account. It's not something to get bent out of shape about. Well, you run it by the boss. Run it by Giannis first. I, that's all bark and no bite. You that's ridiculous. Have. All right, Tony. Well, I appreciate you Come running on. your takes bias. Enjoy Mexico. All right, I, I got it. Yeah, thanks. Coming back tonight, Grant. So oh, well, anyway, quick. Well, safe travels, Tony. Could be worse. What's the weather in lacrosse, Grant? Make me feel good. Uh, it was about, I'd say about 70 and sunny. Crack Oh, nice, nice, nice. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. It's getting nice. Hey, buddy. Talk soon. Travel. Coaches matter. I'm telling you. They do do matter. I'm not saying coaches don't matter. I'm just saying that we seem to have a, 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 what's the word, a dearth. There's no good coaches in the league. Like when we talk about NBA coaches, all we do is complain about how all the coaches are bad, other than Eric Spolstra. I think Steve Kerr is really good, but now I see Warriors people complaining about him. We are... And I say this not in jest. I say this honestly. We are woefully late for a break. Like eight or nine minutes woefully late for a break. So let's take a three-minute pause. We'll come back. We'll wrap this conversation up, whatever that means. And then I want to talk about the Brewers, Packers as well. A lot to get to tonight on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills hope you're having an outstanding night you can find me on twitter at wisco grant as spencer does uh who's on twitter at dog underscore up underscore north he must live above highway eight then that's truly where up north begins anyways spencer tweets at me and says the heat are just proving how meaningless the nba regular season is you know what spencer i was thinking today what, it, well, what is the regular season? What does it mean? Right? Because we're watching the Heat cook. We're watching the Lakers cook. And you can have outlier years where good teams have regular season injuries, so their seedings are lowing. The seeding in the postseason bracket is always not fully representative of who the best teams are. But the Bucks are better than the Heat. Right? That's, that's a little unexplainable. I started to think about what the regular season actually means. I think I have an answer for you. 
and it's on this topic of viewing each postseason as its own entity. Like the Bucks failed this year, and I don't think that has a lot to do with how the Bucks failed in 2019. Or I don't think this year had much to do with how they won the championship in 2021. Same with the Packers. I don't think the Packers' shortcomings in 2020, 2021 impact their Super Bowl win in 2010 or their loss in 2014. We should view these as individual events for the most part. There's outliers, but I think 90% of the time we they're isolated. And the regular season that proceeds or precedes that postseason has something to do with it. So we'll talk about that in a second, Spencer. But first... Uh, Cone Roller was put on blast by Tony in Texas. Uh, Cone, are you ignoring Tony's calls? What's going on here? No, Tony hasn't given me a single call. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe the coverage in Mexico is not great, but, you know, Tony and Coach Bud are no different right now. They're both chilling on a beach in Mexico and not coaching basketball. So <laughs> I don't really care what Tony has to say right now anyway. He, he called in. He just wanted to argue about coaching. I think Tony and I actually, like, agreed on a lot of things. The pro- Tony's just such a professional. He calls in. He's like, all right, I got to push back. I got fi- to fight with the host. We got to debate. We got to get some discourse going. I think Tony and I actually agreed on, on most things related to NBA coaching right now. Yeah, you two definitely know ball. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know ball who continue to talk about ball. But you guys definitely know ball. So credit to you guys. Well, thank you, Cone. I'm sorry Tony called you out. Anytime one caller is called out by another, you should get an instant rebuttal. I think that's how sports radio should work. Yeah, you know, honestly, I wasn't planning on calling in because I, you know, NBA coaching, I don't think it means much. You know, it's a stars league, and we're seeing that now in the playoffs. I mean, Eric Spolstra, yeah, he's a great coach, but is he is he telling Jimmy Butler to go off? Is he telling all these scrubs to go off? Or is that just part of Heat culture? Well, is, is Pat Riley more important to the Heat than Eric Spolstra? Well, and I think an important topic on this cone is, and a lot of people don't know this, is that Eric Spolstra actually started in the film room. And I think it's it's that uh, uh, comeuppance or that upward trajectory that Spolstra had from film room junkie to now NBA champion and head coach. I, I think that really shapes what heat culture means. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. We don't discuss enough how Eric Spolstra started in the film room. I didn't even know that he did. So, you know, I think you're providing some good insight to a lot of listeners across the state. Hey, I think you're, you're, it's a stars league is a good point. Uh, vis-a-vis your Phoenix Suns and what they're doing right now. I don't think Monty Williams is a very good coach. I don't even know if the, the, the Suns have that deep of a roster, but their stars are getting her done. And now you've evened it up against the Nuggets, too, too. I didn't think your sons had it in them. Yeah, you were doubting our sons. You know, you actually put your chest out on the line for once and saying that it's going to be a Nuggets Sixers finals. I think that was given a Grant Bills approval stamp. Yeah. 100% going to happen. So well, I'd be a little worried. I'd be a little worried, Grant. I hope you wrote down your playoff bracket in pencil. Maybe you can change out the Nuggets for the Suns because KD, Booker, they are hungry. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, he hasn't gone back to a final since the Bucks, but his quote after that final said, I'm addicted to playing in the finals. He is addicted, and we know one thing about addicts. They're going to get their fix. So Chris Paul ring is loading right now. He's getting sized up, and let's go. Let's go, Suns. Rise in the West, baby. I uh, Last thing I'll tell you, it is tough that I, I – possibly botched this finals prediction because I have to answer questions to the local media here tonight because I've missed my last two Monday media availabilities. Chances are someone's going to ask me about that, and I don't know what I'm going to tell them. 
Well, you know, you're lucky you're not in New York because from what I've heard, that media just eats people alive and spits them out. So, you know, maybe the lacrosse media is a little easier. Maybe they'll ask you about some weekend fishing spots. Why are there so many school buses in front yards? Why is you Eric know, on I-90 get... throwing explosives into the ditch south of lacrosse? Things of that nature. Yeah, that's what they're going to ask me about. And you know, maybe the most important question of all, why is Hector in Alaska a Ravens fan? <laughs> no one has ever, and a Clippers fan, no one has ever questioned his fandom. It's His fandom is just a thing, and he's very out front with it. He's like, well, you know me, I'm a Clippers fan. You know me, I've been a Brewers fan for two years. I don't I don't know where his fandom comes. Well, don't give the media ideas. You're making my life harder. That's fair. That's fair. I, I won't give them too much, but just Appreciate know, it. you know, there might be some, there might be some uh, people in the beat there trying to, you know, break their teeth. Is that a saying? Break their teeth in in the media. Cut, so I, think it's, I think it's. I think it's cut their cut, cut their, their teeth. teeth. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Either way, um, dumb thing. Uh, sorry, Tony called you out, but I'm uh, appreciative you called us in, talked Suns, and and cleared the air with Tony in Texas. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll have, he'll have to give me a call back and we'll have to hash it out. But thanks, Grant. Have a great show. Looking forward to the Tuesday availability. I'm actually going to have to do it, aren't I? Thank you, Cone. I'm actually going to have to make a stupid video after the show. Ugh, I want to go home. I want to. I want to go. I had, I had band practice last night, and I, who was it? Vagabond? No, it was Jeremiah from Lacrosse. He says, You need to quit band. You're costing the Bucks another title. I know. You know how many times we, we practice in this detached garage at my buddy's house? It's in La Crescent. It's across the river. It's up on the bluff. It's beautiful. You didn't ask. I know, but I figured I'd, it's not important, but why leave it out of the story? And I, like, I've always had my phone propped up on a speaker or whatever, and I glance over the score, and then normally by the end of practice, we take a break or whatever, and I, and I watch the game you know closely for the last couple minutes. And I've watched the Bucks season come crashing down against the Miami Heat twice and i've probably watched four or five combined games between those two playoff losses in that garage that detached garage it helps with the vibes the drive home is a a bummer though but that's why we have justin garcia on the bucks radio network bucks talk and the best bucks post game show justin speaking of people who know ball justin knows ball let's take a five minute break kind of get the show back on schedule and i want to talk a little bit more about this idea that playoff losses are not connected they're their own events and i think we should view them as separate events. We'll talk about that. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Little caller v. caller. Little Tony V in, or Tony in Texas V Cone Roller, and then Cone Roller took a swipe at Hector on Alaska. I guess not a swipe, just wondering why Hector on Alaska is a Ravens fan. We need more of that. We need more engagement. Well, what questions would you have for listeners of this show? Cone would ask why Hector is Ravens fan. I would ask why Hector on Alaska, or not Hector, but why Eric on I 90 throws explosives into a ditch near Coon Valley. Rooney told us that. He's like, oh, yeah, I just like throwing fireworks into culverts. Makes a fun noise. <laughs> uh, we need a, we need more caller back and forth. I like this. 608-796-2558. Want to talk Brewers here in a little bit. Some Packers items to hit as well. 
If we run out of time talking about the Brewers, we run out of time. We could talk about the Packers tomorrow. It's the offseason. Packers aren't going anywhere. I started the show talking a little bit about state of coaching in the NBA, how I'm a little frustrated that the Heat are, are going to advance through two rounds of the NBA postseason because the teams that they were matched up against just didn't really feel like playing. Like the Bucks were too focused on trying to win an NBA Finals to remember that they need to win round one to win an NBA Finals. And Julius Randle out loud said last night, maybe they want it more. Maybe he want it more. Even if that's true, you don't say that. You don't say that. You don't say that out loud. It's just so dumb, right? And the other thing we talked about before we got off the rails a little bit with Tony and, and with Cone, with Mr. In Texas and Mr. Roller, I don't think we should connect playoff losses, right? The Lakers look like they're going to the conference finals. The Heat look like they're going to the conference finals. And I've seen people pointing out on Twitter, well, it's the bubble all over again. Maybe the bubble was legit. The bubble wasn't a fluke. I don't like comparing and contrasting and connecting different postseasons. I think they all are their own environment with their own circumstances and their own variables and their own storylines. And I just don't think we should go back and revisit old playoff games once we get information from new playoff games. Like the Bucks failing the last two years does not really change the way I feel about 2019 or 2020 or the year they won the title, 2021. A lot of Packers fans now look back at 2010 and think less of that Super Bowl run. Well, the only reason Aaron Rodgers was able to win in an NFC Championship game is because, you know, Caleb Haney was the quarterback. Yep, but that was the situation. That that was the circumstance. That was that playoffs. And in that playoffs, he ate up the, the dream team in Philly. He ate up Matt Ryan and, and that incredible Falcons offense in their building, in the Superdome at the time. And then, yeah, he won a defensive slugfest in Chicago, and then he played awesome in the Super Bowl. Now that we've seen Rodgers and the Packers come up short in the playoffs, obviously a lot of times since then, that doesn't change how we should feel about 2010. The Packers coming up short shouldn't change how we feel about 2014 or 2016 or 2019. Those losses happened in the in the time frame and in the, the, the way that they happened. And, and we can't go back and change that. I don't like connecting playoff losses. Right, and I got a, a tweet here. Actually, it was, was it a text? No, it was a tweet. Sorry, I'm getting my wires crossed. This is a tweet from Spencer, who tweeted me at Wisco Grant. He says, I think the Heat are just proving how meaningless the NBA regular season is. No, this is what the regular season is for. If you're wondering, why does the NBA have a regular season? Well, what's, what's, what's the regular season mean? The regular season is the setup. The regular season is the marinade. The regular season is the path that we walk on the way to do the thing that we're going to do. And every regular season has its set of circumstances and storylines and the MVP race is different and the all defensive. This is different. And maybe a player is traded and the, and there's some drama in the West with John Morant and the Grizzlies. What's going on with them? And, and in the East, the Celtics, you know, and Joe Mazzulli, he's a rookie head coach. How's that going to play out? The regular season is the, the, the staging period for all of that, all of the variables and all of the things that are baked into the playoffs. We do need five or six months to build up those narratives, right? To get all of our ducks in a row. It's like arranging all the troops around the battlefield before the battle actually starts. And it's the way that those troops are arranged. And it's the way that 
that, that the battle is planned out and thought through, that that plays a big part in how the battle goes, right? So this regular season, the one we just played, is unique to this year. The Lakers switched their entire team at the trade deadline. The Grizzlies looked to be a great team, and then Steven Adams got hurt, Brandon Clark got hurt, John Morant had some off-the-court drama that needed to be resolved, Dylan Brooks got weird. All of that stuff, unique to this season. Not unique to last year or the year before, unique to this season. Right? The Nuggets, healthy, unlike last year. They actually had a full regular season to play together and to ramp up. That's unique to this year. The Bucks traded for Jay Crowder, which certainly set the stage for things that would happen in the postseason. Right? The Bucks played without a healthy Chris Middleton most of the year. That was unique to this year. That wasn't the case last year, right? All of these things that are unique to this year, this NBA season, that's what sets up the playoffs. And the setup is really important. Right, The way that you prep your food before cooking it is important. The way that troops line up on a battlefield before the battle starts, that's important. Right, We were talking about the Grateful Dead yesterday. Right, The Grateful Dead, they got some long jammer. Like, think of Dark Star. Dark Star is like 20, 30 minutes sometimes. And the choices that the band makes eight minutes into the song impacts the choices that are then made 25 minutes into the song. So you get a version of that song that only exists in that moment because of the choices that the band and the players made. Right? Same with a, with a recipe. Ingredients that you put into a, a recipe five minutes into the recipe impact the way that it tastes You know, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes when the meal's eventually done. That's what the regular season is for, and I think this regular season really shaped the result for a team like the Bucks. The Bucks had been hearing they're the safe bet for the title. They're the prohibitive favorites, best player in the league. They heard that for five or six months. They're not going to hear that next year. Even if the Bucks somehow run everyone back and they look great and they look... Well, that's going to be in the back of everyone's mind, what we saw last year. So next regular season is going to be different. The messaging that the Bucks hear will be different. The setup, the energy going into the playoffs will be different. That's what the regular season is for. And it takes patience, just like marinating a, a I don't know, a steak or a chicken, marinating something, taking a long time to make something in a smoker. It takes a lot of patience. It's not for everyone. The regular season is not for everyone. Not everyone is interested in the setup. Not everyone's interested in listening to the, the guitar solo that's 30 minutes long. Not everyone likes listening to uh, Allman Brothers live albums. That's fine. You can show up at the end. You can show up for the short song. You can listen to the short song. You can just show up when the playoffs start. But the regular season matters. That's a setup. That's how, we're, that's how we got here. And it matters how we got here. The Grizzlies were tired. It looked like they wanted to be done with this year. Same with the Bucks. They just looked overwhelmed and, and melting down to pressure the idea of being this team that was propped up for so long and thought of as the number one seed for so long, the best team for so long. And when I think it occurred to them that they might lose, it broke them. Now, next year, that can't be the case because they're not going to get the same love and support they got this year. Does that make sense? I think that this is big Ron in Jersey. Here it is. The purpose of the NBA regular season is to make money for NBA owners, executive coaches, players, and their business partners and sponsors. No marinade, no narrative, just money. Well, yeah, for them, it's about the money. Right, But for us fans who follow it, Big Ron, and listen to the talk shows and go on Twitter, it's all of that stuff, 100%. 100%. Of course, it's a television product. Of course, that's how they make their money, and, and that's how people go to games. You make money off tickets. Of course. Big Ron, you businessman, you. 608-796-2558. Three minutes. We'll come back. Wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Uh, Duck and Holman has hit us up. 608-796-2558. He says, we found major mutual ground with the Allman Brothers. I like the Allman Brothers. Uh, I don't want to say a little goes a long way, because I, I I like them more than that. I don't listen to them a ton. Dwayne Allman is maybe the greatest guitar player that way too many people don't consider to be maybe the greatest guitar player ever. Rockin' Rick says, is your crew playing Moon Tunes? Well, this is uh, hyper-specific to lacrosse people. Although, uh, if you've been interested in coming to visit lacrosse, well, come on a Thursday night because then you can go to Moon Tunes, Riverside Park. Uh, we are not this year, although two years ago we did. Uh, and I remember practicing a lot for that gig. And when we were practicing for that gig, I remember watching the Bucks lose to the Heat the first time. And now that this band is playing a lot again and we've been practicing and, and playing shows. Uh, now I have watched the Bucks lose to the Heat again. So it's funny how my life is walking itself in circles. Thank you, Rock and Rick and Duck and Holman, 608-796-2558. If you want to join the show, text and call with that number, and I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, as Hunter tweets in. He says, can we please discuss Keston Hira? I want to talk about the Brewers coming up after we take a break for an update at 5 o'clock. I guess, and I mean this, uber respectfully to you, Hunter, who tweeted in, and to Keston Hira, I guess I just wonder what Brewers fans think is, is undiscovered there. Like we've done the Keston Hira thing. We've done it. We've done it a lot. We've done it a couple seasons, and it's gone bad. We've done it in multiple positions. It's gone bad. He goes down to AAA, he lights it up, he gets called back up to the majors, and it's bad. The Brewers' defense has struggled enough the last couple of days. That was a big part of why they were losing so many games last week. The defense starts to slip a little bit. The solution is not to bring up Keston Hira, unless you want to DH him, which then we we have a different conversation about who's playing what position. I, I just don't think he's it. I think he's a guy who's... Bound to play in AAA a long time. Probably his number retired in Nashville because all he does is hit bombs and play well at AAA. I just, I don't, I don't think, I don't know what the question is, but I can tell you the answer is not to call up Keston Hero. A lot of guys would have to get hurt, and I am knocking on wood that that does not turn to be the case. And I think if they all of a sudden need an infielder or another outfielder, I, I, Keston Hero is not the first one coming up. Everyone wants to see Sal Freelick. He's got a bum thumb. Otherwise, he might be up here right now. We got Owen Miller and you know, a little bit more Brian Anderson and some of these other guys. I just don't think Keston here is it. We can talk about it on the side of the hour. Like, if people want to call in and, and do the Keston here discourse, I will. I, I just think it's something we talk about because, well, we know Keston here. He's wasting away down in the minors. Yeah, he could be wasting away in the minors in any organization in Major League Baseball because the Brewers put him on waivers and everyone else said, mm, no, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we're, 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 we're good here. We're fine here. How, how are you? We're, we're all, we're all good. Nobody wanted him. So I, I just, I don't think Keston here is. 
he is not the second baseman we are looking for. Not the guy. Not the guy we need up here. I don't think he is probably going to get his number retired in Nashville, but definitely not in Milwaukee. At least we only have a couple years of evidence to go on that it's just not going to work with Keston Hero. We'll talk about the Brewers coming up in a sec. Just to put a, re- a real quick pin in the first hour of discussion, we talked a lot of NBA. We're just been fun. I like talk about the NBA playoffs. Here is our our homework. Right here's a challenge that I'm going to give you, and, I, and I'm going to give myself the same challenge. As we go home tonight, and you know, if you watch any playoff basketball, if you consume playoff basketball, if you listen to a podcast or another show, or you look at tweets, or you're reading on the Ringer, or the Athletic, or ESPN, or wherever, if you're consuming any NBA content at all, here's my challenge to you, my homework assignment, and I will take the same homework assignment. Try to find instances of people praising an NBA coach that's not Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra gets his flowers. I also think Eric Spolstra had the luxury of winning titles with LeBron for a few years and then really not having a team that was expected to compete for anything so he can be the plucky underdog who overachieves, which is a great place to be in as a coach. So, totally. Find me an example of somebody saying, hey, Doc Rivers is actually killing it. Joe Mazzulla is actually killing it. Michael Malone, who, if the Nuggets don't get out of this round, like, Michael Malone's probably getting fired. My, my point is, it seems like we talk about how important coaching is in the NBA, but all we ever do is talk about how bad all of the coaches are. It's always, this guy sucks, this guy stinks, and it's never, wow, this guy is really good. Except for Eric Spolstra. Except for Eric Spolstra. So if you hear discussion about other coaches that's good, send it to me. Bring it to the show tomorrow, because I can't find it. The hell with it, I can't find it. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll talk Brewers. We'll talk Packers a little bit, maybe, if you got an appetite for that. First, an update from our guy, Zach Howard. It was a pretty impressive group. A lot of these guys truly do look the part, and when you watch them, go out there and compete at a high level and get that great effort and energy and something to be excited about. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. seeing this correctly that Tucker Carlson is doing his show in Twitter spaces now that is awesome as a man who loves a good Twitter space any any Twitter space at all you can find me in a Twitter space uh some of my favorites include Tony and Texas's Wisco sports talk shows whether it be Wisco after dark Wisco happy hour you, you can find me lurking in one of Tony's Twitter spaces we heard from Tony about an hour ago uh, I love when Ben Kenny and Asher Lowe get a Twitter space going to talk about something really dumb related to college football or college basketball. That's my favorite. Anytime Asher Lowe and Ben Kenny combine forces to host a Twitter space, it's worth being there. Normally, Vagabond John will turn up. Maybe Kurt Hogue. Yeah, get, get him to pop in and give his thoughts on his alma mater. Now, a Tucker Carlson-led Twitter space. I don't know what that's going to look like, but as a man who loves Twitter spaces, I... Uh, I, I, I might just have to check it out. I, I'm interested. 
It has nothing to do with what he says or his message. I just love a good Twitter space because I hate the I hate the sound of my own thoughts uh, and I hate my own brain, which is why when I'm not hosting the show for two hours, I try to consume words of somebody else or something else. Uh, the other uh, hours that I'm awake. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're I hope you're having a good night. If you want to join to talk Brewers, you can. They won last night. A very feel-good win. Look, the Brewers have been doing some good things over the last week. I know they've lost six in a row, or they had lost six in a row, but even among that winning streak, I'm like, eh, there are tidbits in here. There are little things here and there that that I like. So we're about to get into the Brewers, but first, uh, I brought up the name of Vagabond John, and just as Tony in Texas brought up the name of Cone Roller, Cone Roller called in, so his Vagabond John, or his Twitter name, The Real Red Shed. Vagabond John, what's going on? Welcome. How are we doing on, uh, I almost said Monday, it's definitely Tuesday. How are we doing? Oh, well, it, it feels like a Monday, Vagabond John. I'm not going to lie. I, it's only Tuesday. Man, I working hard or hardly working, you know what I mean? That's right. I mean, speaking of working hard, if it's loud in the background, I'm at the gym. That a just boy. wanted to uh, call out Tony in Texas, wondering if he's hit any of those beach gyms that I know are uh, all over the place, not only in Southern California, but also in Mexico. What, do you, like, lift driftwood over your head or something? (laughs) In Mexico? No, it's just cactuses, actually. They're really tough down there. Cactuses are heavy. People sleep on how heavy a cactus is. Cone's from Arizona. I bet he can speak to that. Those things will fall on a car. It'll crush it. (laughs) Like a tin can. He knows. He knows. Hey, Grant, were you able to listen in Towards the end of the show this morning? I heard uh, all of the 7 o'clock hour. I had something else to do, but it was kind of electric. Ben and Ebo both charged up, banging heads. That was very entertaining uh, radio this morning. Over the weekend, Ebo stopped into a place that I work at, and, uh, you know, we were going back and forth just talking about sports talk radio, and that, that's what makes it beautiful, right? If you're talking about a subject and all of a sudden your lines light up, mm-hmm. Twitter is just going off. So we were talking about... You know, kind of what you're saying a little bit on, like, looking back at 2010. Some fans are reimagining, right, and kind of going back and doing a little bit of revisionist history. I guess my main point that I was trying to make, and I make this to Ebo all the time because he's a big Rogers guy, um, as we all were at one point, you can absolutely go back and look at history and think about how wrong people in that moment were. You know? So yeah. in that moment, in 2010, we're all sitting here as a Packers community. And we're thinking, man, do we have it made? We're going to go on a dynasty. Brady's got three. Here come our three. Boom, boom, boom. We're going to get back to the Super Bowl. This is this is going to be awesome, right? It's fair to go back and say, wow, were we wrong? Yeah, but I don't. But what do we what do we do with that? You know what I mean? Like I. Why, why would we have thought anything else? We had the young quarterback. We had a head coach that we really liked, a defense that was really good, and a, an old, wise defensive coordinator. Like, I don't think we were wrong to think that. Well, what were we supposed to say in 2010, Vagabond John? Well, it actually it kind of came together in a, in a lucky way this year. Going forward, it's going to be hard, and Roger's going to get paid, and, oh, God, Seattle, you know, this Russell Wilson guy might end up there. Like, I, I just don't know what we were supposed to do differently. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying that we were... We should have done differently necessarily, but just like as presidents get older and as their regimes get more and more distant in the past, in the past, you know, one of the trends is that their approval rating over time goes up. How history looks at them changes, right? Because if it's about 
the first Bush, you can say it about Clinton, you can go all the way back. Over time, presidents' ratings go up. Historians rank them higher. Mm-hmm. With quarterbacks, I think it's going to be the inverse, right? We're going to look at Rodgers in 20 years. In the moment, in 2010, we're thinking we might have the greatest quarterback to ever play the game playing for us. In 20 years, we're going to look back, and Rodgers is likely not going to be in the top 10 list. So that's where the heated argument comes. Because there are still Packer fans out there that think he's maybe a top 10 of all time. And I'm here to say, absolutely not. He might be top 10 of quarterbacks with one Super Bowl appearance. But in terms of ranking quarterbacks over time, so, no. and, and I thought of you today, Vagabond John, because I, I said this about an hour ago. Legacies can't go backwards, right? They can't go back. Legacies can stall. They can stop, but they can't go backwards. So when Rodgers won that Super Bowl in 2010, we said, all right, we believe this of him. We think this of him about this game, and this is where we rank him. And here's where we think he could go, right? In 2010, we thought, oh, my God, he's going to win at least another one. He's going to be better than Favre. Right. Who knows how many Brady ends up with? I don't know how many he had at the time, but like we had sky high hopes. Now, Rogers never got there. He never fulfilled those hopes. But like we can't go back now and think less of him. His career just never got to the point where we wanted it to get. It's not like we're backtracking and and diminishing Rogers. He just didn't live up to maybe the potential that he could have. Does that make sense? He didn't live up. he, He never lived up to the potential really at any point in his career. Right. At every point in his career, I think people thought we were going to get more out of him. You can go pretty much year by year, whether it was an outstanding um, regular season followed into, you know, choking in the playoffs or whether it was, you know, just having one of his down seasons, which he only had a couple, right? And he is going to be an all-time Packer for sure. But when you're talking about all-time in the league, no. But I think there are – the argument comes with – I think there are still callers listening that I'm probably getting a little pissed off talking about like this. But, you know, they still think Rodgers is the great. There are people who think he might bring the Jets to the Super Bowl. And I don't even know if he's third best in his division. So uh, that's what I'm D- at. Duck and Holman just texted in and said, legacies can go backward if you steal poor people's money. Yeah, that's true. That would be one of the outlier situations. Yep. Uh, extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Uh, that is good. Well, hey, Grant, I got to get back to my next set at yeah. the gym, so I got to let you go. This is a great two-minute rest. My Apple Watch is buzzing, saying, hey, get back at it. So get back to it. Tony, hope you're listening. Hope you're getting at it at the gym. He's getting at it, I believe, in, in some regard. Thank you, Vagabond John, uh, calling from the gym. So just an update. Uh, Tony, who normally hails in Texas, called the show from Mexico uh, and then took a swipe at Cone Roller on his way off of the phone line. Cohen Roller then called from Phoenix to refute Tony's claims and discuss his Phoenix Suns, who have even the series two to two. He called out Hector non-Alaska's Ravens fandom. He's convinced that uh, or confused as to why that's the case. And Vagabond John has now called the show from the gym in Madison. So we are reaching all corners of the country. We're actually international today. Actually, not just the country. We're going beyond the beyond the borders. Bill Michaels might have the lakefront to the riverfront, but I have the uh, I'll try to think of something clever from the desert to the 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 beltway the desert to the what's in Madison from the desert to Dane County there we go it just took me a couple seconds D's a tough letter 608-796-2558 cone roller says cacti are very heavy but have very shallow roots only about four and a half inches into the ground some say it's not a lot, but you'd be surprised what you can do with that. <laughs> Damn it. 
helps them absorb any groundwater. This is why they always fall over and are held up by wood stakes. Cone, I, I previewed that text when Vagabond John was reading, and the joke that you made did not, that didn't land until I just read it now. A plus work. Thank you for that. And Duncan Holman is correct. If you steal poor people's money, your legacy can go backwards. But that's off the field stuff. Like that's that's separate. That's a little that's a little different. Extenuating circumstances. There's always extenuating circumstances, Duck. Always. Only only Sith speak in absolutes. We were talking Star Wars yesterday, right? We can use Star Wars analogies. The Brewers. The Brewers. They won last night. And by golly, I was happy. I was happy to see Joey Weimer get off the Schneid and get a big hit, just smoked that home run, and they had another RBI. He was due. But he's been forced to play because Garrett Mitchell is hurt, and they need a good center fielder, and he's really good in the field. So they're they're really just kind of force-feeding him into the lineup. He finally pulls out of it, gets a couple big hits last night. Freddie Peralta was good as well. In the big picture, call me crazy, but I really wasn't that annoyed by the Brewers' losing streak last week. It happens. You're going to go through losing streaks Offense is going to go through slumps. It happens to even the best offenses, right? It's a 162-game season. There's going to be ups and downs. And on Friday night, like, if Corbin Burns cannot twice hold a two-run lead, this is not going to happen. It's not your week. It's not your series. It's not your road trip, right? You just have to try to end the streak and, and turn the page and, and move on as quickly as you can. And the Brewers won on Sunday. Adrian Hauser, they won last night. Freddie Peralta, despite the losing streak, I thought between this weekend series and, and last night, there's some things here and there that I really love going on with this team. Small ball. Maybe I'm seeing what I want to see. But I'm seeing more instances and more examples of small ball through the first couple of weeks of this season, maybe that I saw last year and the year before. I'm seeing sack flies. I'm seeing singles. I'm seeing some nifty base running. I think it was Friday night, Joey Weimer and Tyrone Taylor did a double steal. Then Tyrone Taylor scores on an errant pickoff attempt to third base. And then I think Joey Weimer, who advanced on the pickoff, scored on a sack fly. I'm pretty sure that's small ball. That's manufacturing a run by putting pressure on the pitcher in the catcher. So we're seeing small ball. We're seeing power as well. We talked with David Gasper of reviewing the brew last week, and I said, David, this team's 15th in home runs. They're supposed to be hitting a little more power than this. What's going on? Are they going to turn it around? Are they going to hit some more home runs? And if so, who? Well, Willie Thomas has now all of a sudden discovered that he can hit for a little, little bit of power. I think he had a home run last night and then on Sunday as well. And what I like about what's going on with Willie is he's hitting the home runs, and that's also expanding to other parts of his game. He's putting the ball in play. He's getting sack flies. He's getting base knocks. It's not just boom or bust. The boom leads to the other nice things, but it's not just boom or bust with Freddie Peralta. And Joey Weimer finding some power. Will, William Contreras this weekend as well. The, the Brewers were 15th in home runs last Tuesday. I think I checked today. They were up to 12th or 13th. A small improvement, yeah, but I but that's the middle ground you want to be in. I don't want the Brewers to be top five in the league in home runs because I just know that that's not a sustainable way to power an offense through an entire regular season. You want enough home runs, but you also want examples of runs being scored other ways, and we've seen that. Speaking of good things happening, Christian Yelich, Christian Yelich pulled a baseball on Sunday. It was caught on the warning track, but he, but he pulled it nonetheless, and I think, I think it would have been a home run at... American family field. I want to see Christian Yelich pull the baseball, pull the baseball at least more than he has. Freddie Peralta, another good sign. Brandon Woodruff's been hurt. Corbin Burns is pitching only pretty good. Corbin Burns has not been the elite stopper, the elite ace that 
this Brewers team kind of needs him to be. So Freddie being a legit stopper is needed. And other than that Saturday start that he had against, what was it? I remember I watched at the helm in downtown lacrosse. I remember what I was drinking. I remember, who are they playing that weekend? They out- It was the Padres. It was the Padres. Yep, boom. I know, because I was debating my two buddies who I was drinking with if we liked the alternate jerseys or not. Yep, Padres. Still got it. Yes. It was against the Padres. Other than Freddie Peralta's bad start against the Padres on that Saturday afternoon, he's been elite. He's been great. And without Brandon Woodruff out there and with Corbin Burns just kind of being pretty good to, to decent, I'd say a, a 7.5 out of 10. That's an arbitration joke. They shorted him 750000 Freddie Peralta being really good is, is needed. It's been needed. So even with the losing streak last week, there's some good things that I'm seeing with this Brewers team. At least enough to get me excited and really happy for Joey Weimer last night. He needed that, and hopefully that, that gets him off the schneid as they say, but just a little bit of a hot streak of his own because that's what baseball is. You're going to have guys who are hot and cold and you just want to rotate guys getting hot, right? Willie Thomas is hot right now. Hopefully Joey Weimer can then get hot. Now, maybe Bryce Trang seems to be struggling a little bit right now, just on the couple of the bats that I saw last night. Looked uncomfortable. He'll have his time to get hot. Christian Yelich will have his time to, you know, hit singles that just sneak through the infield. Eau Claire Chris says, from the Badlands to Badgerville, from Mexico to Madtown, from Margaritaville to Madtown, just off the top of my head. From the lakefront to the riverfront's pretty damn good. Bill might have the market cornered on that. I don't know. I'll ask Bill. Maybe he has advice. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Um, let's see here. Just some tweets to catch up on. Onabam says, does Cone Roller know more about cacti than Francisco Rodriguez? Uh, Zach and Wisco says... To the Dells, Grant. From the desert to the Dells. Uh, Bobby Potus says, Joey Weimer is a mix between Larry Bird and Corey Hart. Wow. Uh, and Cone Roller says, I'm a cacti guy. A cact guy. F grapefruits. Okay, you guys having your fun on Twitter. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll talk more brewers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Great win for the Brewers last night. And I had to catch up on the game once I got home because I've I've been talking about this at length. I uh, had band practice last night, which is one of the very few conflicts I have in my my D to D life, my day to day. Like during the week, I don't really do much of anything. I don't really have that many friends that I hang out with. I, I guess I am going on a hike tomorrow night with Buddy. So mark that down on our calendar. Uh, you guys are going to have to pick me up a little bit with what goes on tomorrow evening. However, on Sunday, I talked to this buddy, and I said, we should get together this week. Let's go for a hike or whatever. It's going to be nice outside. We both like going outside, being active. And I said, let's do Wednesday. Because Brewers play during the day, and then I won't miss the Brewer game. So you're welcome. I am scheduling my social life as to miss uh, the least amount of sports possible. But you guys might have to pick me up tomorrow night uh, with some NBA action. Tonight... I'm just going to be at home. Although I do have to catch up on some other things. I got to watch Barry, and I want to watch some Veep because I'm trying to finish that show. And again, I think I've said this a couple times, might actually be the funniest show I've ever watched. Like pound for pound, quality of jokes, frequency of jokes written into the script might actually be the funniest show I've ever watched. So I'm going to do that tonight. Watch the Brewers, of course, and the NBA playoffs. 
Celtics Sixers, absolutely. I just don't care about Heat Knicks. I, I, I just look at this series and I think, well, it doesn't matter. Because neither one of these teams is making the finals. I don't think the Heat can beat the Celtics. I don't think the Heat can beat the Sixers. Now, I don't underestimate the Celtics' ability if the Celtics are to beat the Sixers. I don't underestimate the Celtics' ability to almost lose to the Heat, as they did last year. No reason that series should have been close. Oh, my God. No reason at all. And it came down to a Jimmy Butler buzzer beater just barely missing for the Celtics to escape out of that series last year. Now, the Heat aren't going to the finals. They could get very close because the Sixers or the Celtics could almost screw it up. I don't think they can all the way screw it up unless something wet and wild happens. Somebody crazy gets injured or, I don't know, Jalen Brown goes rogue. Although, Jalen Brown, his version of going rogue is like shooting three times a game and then complaining after the game that he didn't get the ball. So, Heat Knicks, I'm just really not into, but Celtics Sixers tonight for sure. And then Nuggets Suns is back tonight as well, right? Oh, that series has been great. Cone Rollers fighting Phoenix Suns. It is a Suns town. I remember being down there for spring training. I did go to Brewer Spring Training, if I failed to mention that. Uh, And Dom Catronio, who's on Bally Sports Wisconsin and uh, does some Brewers posts and stuff on WTMJ, some podcasting stuff. You know, I was just kind of getting the inside scoop because he's from there. He's from Arizona. I think he went to school there, ASU, I believe. And he's like, "Don't don't let anybody tell you different. This is a Suns town. And I'm like, well... I've never had anyone try to convince me that it's an Arizona Cardinals town. Although my grandma lives there and I do ask her. I'm like, do you, in your day-to-day, like, do you encounter Arizona Cardinals fans? Do they exist? Because what a weird franchise to cheer for. And then, of course, the Diamondbacks, who could be really sick. Like, I think the Diamondbacks could be a cool team when they were in the playoffs in 2011. They're cool. And I've always thought of them as the, the, the high desert version of the Milwaukee Brewers. They suck. So it is a Suns town, as, as Dom Catronio told me. Uh, I'm not name-dropping, by the way. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling a story. Uh, Aaron Rodgers once told me not to name-drop when I met him. It's a joke. Twitter, at Wisco Grant, 608-796-2558. Brewers won last night. Joey Weimer. Joey Weimer was the, the, the moment for me. He was the highlight, the hot spot for me last night. Because I got home. And I watched the Brewers highlights, and then I cracked into a little Kurt Hogue, did a little reading. I caught up, was looking at tweets from McAlvey and and my guy Hunter Baumgart, who's covering a lot of these games. He's at the game in Milwaukee, but covering a lot of these Brewer games and catching up on what I missed. And Joey Weimer hitting a home run was awesome, and then getting another RBI, and then his post-game interview with the media. He's like, look, I've, I've been bad. I've been really bad, but sometimes that's how baseball goes. Joey Weimer, for his age seems to have a tremendous grasp on how baseball works. And I think that's necessary to be a a long-term success in Major League Baseball. I think there are players who have brilliant one-off years or brilliant years here and there. I think to be a consistent, productive Major League Baseball hitter, you need to understand that over the course of a five- or six-month season, two of the months are going to suck. And you have to accept that and have the mechanisms to work through that and then turn it on as soon as you can and get back to producing and get back to hitting. And just listening to Joey Weimer talk, a player that I wasn't able to connect with at spring training, unfortunately, when I was at spring training, if I if I failed to mention. Uh, but just listening to his interviews, a guy who really seems to have a good grasp on, on just reality and common sense. I remember the first couple of days of the season, he made a pretty good play on the outfield and he straight up said, he's like, yeah, there's days where you're not going to be able to do anything with your bat. So on those days, you just try to do something with your glove. 
try to have an impact one way or another. And I, 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 I don't know. I, that, that seems to be a very good point of perspective from a young player. And, you know, that's got to be tough, breaking into the league and then having your first slump and feeling like it's never going to end and feeling like you're never getting over it. Very similar to going through your first breakup. It feels like you'll never get back on that horse. It feels like you'll never get over it. And then you go through a couple other breakups. You're like, ah, yeah, it sucks. But it's part of it's part of playing the dating game. It's part of playing Major League Baseball is you're going to have tough weeks. So it's cool to see Joey Weimer snap out of that. Adam McKelvey tweeting last night, the hardest hit ball of Joey Weimer's young career, that uh, frozen rope of a home run to left field. Rock and Rick makes a good point. Craig and Damian, both Diamondbacks. Scotty boys, absolutely. Craig Council and Damian Miller. I got to see both of them talk about playing together at that uh, at the lacrosse loggers winter barbecue a couple years ago. That was cool. That was the year I would have had an opportunity to ask Craig Council a couple of questions, if not for Rob Manfred and the lockout in Major League Baseball. Always a little salty about that because I never really have a chance to get over to Milwaukee, get over to a Bucks or Brewers game and, and interview guys, do media availabilities. Then all of a sudden, Craig Council is three blocks from my house. And I'm in the local media. I say that with kind of a funny voice because look at me. But I would have had a chance to talk to him. But no, lockout can't do any media availability. <sighs> Terrible. I, I'm still salty about that. Thank you for the text, Rock and Rick, and a good point about Damian and Craig both doing it out in Arizona. 608-796-2558. Just looking at this Giannis tweet. Before we take this break and come back and talk Packers. Giannis tweeted a picture, I'm tired of the disrespect, I'm coming. Is this about losing to the Heat? You get a little disrespect when you lose in the playoffs. That's how it works. The greats turn that into motivation and work and come back and, and don't dwell on it. I think a lot of the players, they let playoff shortcomings get to them. And they compound from year to year. I think maybe that's been the case with James Harden. Although, it's been kind of cool watching him succeed in Philly. I'm not happy for him. There's a difference between a fan of the league seeing someone who's been a much maligned player in the postseason finally find some postseason success. There's a difference in that and being happy for someone. I'm not happy for him. I'm happy as a fan of the league that Boston and Philly has not been a 4-0 sweep like it could be without a couple late-game heroic moments from James Harden. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call. I want to talk Packers coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. I'm going to meet with the media after tonight's show. We're doing Monday media availabilities for a while, but then, as I said, the band has been practicing again. Uh, We're back on the road, so to speak. We're playing shows, and we've been playing on Mondays, so I've been dodging the media, so I got to take questions after the show tonight, which is a pain in the butt because I want to go home, but if Cone Roller is going to call and put me on blast for dodging the cushy local media, as he said, I I just think that the whole thing about the New York media... I just think it's overblown. I think it's something that sports fans say because we want to feel like we're experts. We want to feel like, no, I, I know sports real well. Trust me, the New York media, they're, they're unlike any other sports media. What, 
What are they going to do? Are they going to walk up to Aaron Rodgers at a post-game presser after the Jets lose and sock him in the nose? All the New York media, they're ruthless. I think Rodgers likes that. I think he would love to go back and forth with reporters. It's like Connor and succession. He's like, oh, look at us trading jabs when he he makes friends with the Pierce guy. They like going back and forth. The New York media. But yeah, if you want to watch the media availability, follow me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I'll just head over to the media auditorium right when the show's done and take questions on what's been going on with the show the last couple weeks. Today should be interesting. Should have some good questions from the local beat. Tony in Texas was in Mexico. Uh, Cohen called us from Phoenix. And then Vagabond John was at the gym. Was Vagabond John doing a leg day? Was he doing chest? Maybe he was doing cardio. He didn't sound out of breath. So I don't think it was cardio. Who knows? We're talking brewers. If you want to join me, they've now won two in a row after losing six in a row. And as I guess I, I tried to communicate last week just a little bit, obviously a losing streak is not a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing that they lost six in a row. I don't think it's a good thing that they kind of came back down to earth over the last week. But I do believe that a team can burn too hot and win too much. I know that sounds nuts. But how many times in our lifetime have we seen the Brewers get off to a hot start in May or especially in June? The team always cooks in June. It's always the month of June where it's like, this is as good as my life has ever been. The Brewers might never lose again. Like when Willie Adamas got dealt to Milwaukee a couple years ago. It's like, this is the greatest team and the greatest year I've ever had in my life. And then they go into the all-star break and they fade away a little bit. Normally it's a series in Pittsburgh right before the all-star break. And then they come out the other side, not great. And then limp into the playoffs and, or in the case of the 2014 team, fade away completely, just fail to make the playoffs. I would rather go low and slow, win two of three, lose a series here and there. Just, just very balanced, very controlled, not burning too hot. I don't want my team to do that. So I, I like the trajectory the Brewers have been on, and I don't look at the standings until Memorial Day because on this show we don't check the baseball standings until Memorial Day. But I know just, you know, from the buzz and, and, the, and the chatter, I know the Brewers are right there behind the Pirates. They're right there. And and here's another old adage, speaking of old-timey old baseball turns of phrase. Well, I don't check the standings till Memorial Day. Shout out Seth Everett. Here's another thing, and maybe you've never heard this. Uh, you can't win the division in May, but you can lose the division in May. The Cardinals are losing the division in May right now. And we're getting weird, long-form pieces from Katie Wu and from Jesse Rogers about how just as the Cardinals happen to be coming into Chicago and Wilson Contreras, or William Con- Wilson Contreras, yep, Wilson Contreras, making his return to Wrigley, they're moving him to DH. And, and Ali Marmol is going on these long rants about how this doesn't seem like a positive, but it is. And and this is going to pay dividends for us down the line. And, and we just appreciate him so much. It's so weird. The Brewers can just vibe. They can just hang out, be middle of the road, win a majority of their games as they've done. They'll have hot stretches. You got to maximize those hot stretches. And you got to minimize the cool stretches. And if they can win this series against the Dodgers and get back on a nice, healthy pace this week, then a six-game losing streak is just a blip on the radar. And even in that losing streak, especially Friday and Saturday, they did some good things. I watched them play small ball on Friday night and manufacture some runs. I'm watching now Willie Adamas finding his power stroke and Joey Weimer last night. Hopefully that leads to some more power hitting from Weimer. William Contreras hit a home run this weekend. Need more of that. So we're seeing good things. 
the the start to the year that Freddie Peralta has had is such a silver lining, and the Brewers need it. The Brewers need it because Corbin Burns has not been elite. He's been very good, but he hasn't been elite. And Brandon Woodruff is hurt, so he's not here to help the team. And Aaron Ashby isn't back yet. Luis Urias, oh my goodness. I always forget Luis Urias is on the team. I feel bad, but once or twice a week, I'll be like, oh, I I forgot Luis Urias is on this team. And I think a lot of you do, too, because you'd rather see Keston Hira called up, let him play those infield reps, whether it be at first or second. They're not going to do that. Keston Hira is not the answer, guys. People are fighting in my mentions right now about Keston Hira. Krebs said Keston never got a fair shake. I think he would be just fine as an everyday player. Ah, uh, To say that he's never got a fair shake, I think is unfair. I think you're giving the Brewers an unfair shake by saying that they never gave a fair shake to Keston Hira. Do you want him to... Just, here, here's, I'll ask this. Brewers fans, do you want to see Keston Hira start 30 straight games before making a definitive decision on him and how good he can or cannot be? Because that's not going to happen. You can't get four at-bats every day for a month straight and strike out three times each game. It, you, you, you can't. You can't do that. So he's, he's never got a fair shake. He's got plenty of opportunities at multiple positions, DH a little bit, and, and really it was just that summer in 2019 where he was great, yeah. But as I said earlier, a lot of players can have one great year. What separates the men from the boys is dealing with bad stretches, not getting bogged down in bad stretches, and being able to bounce back. And then, of course, having more good stretches than bad stretches. And I just don't know if Keston here ever got that figured out. Let's talk to Binks on the island. 608-796-2558. What's up, Binks? Well, you cut me off last Friday, man. I don't know how to forgive you, but we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll forgive you. I thought, I thought you were being you serious there for a sec. I'm, I'm sorry about that again. You called right before 5 o'clock. Yeah, right. I always got an excuse. Anyway, you know what? We can always, uh, I, I just kiss here goodbye. I, I don't, you know, like you said, he's going to strike out three times a game if you play him for a month. And he's pretty much wasted how many at-bats. So I, I think it's just good that he stays where he's at. But I think the Brewers, they, I'm on your side, man. I, I still think we're choking when we got rid of Arcia, buddy. I I do still love Orlando Arcia. I do. You know I love Orlando Arcia. I do, too. But, but if, I want to do and I cannot wait for the uh, Rowdy Teles bobblehead day. You want to go? Rowdy Teles bobble? When is it? Uh, uh, August sometime, man. Oh, so. put me on the books. Yeah, I don't have anything going on. I, yeah, I like, look. I cannot, out of one side of my mouth, say that we can't play Keston Hira because he strikes out too much and there's too many wasted at-bats, and then turn around from the other side of my mouth and say, I miss Orlando Arcee because no one wasted at-bats like that man. Not in the postseason, but in the regular season, that man just lit at-bats on fire. Um, Go back a little bit to Freddie Peralta. Um, Do you think he's coming back around to form such, to to be a developed pitcher where he's not coughing up as many home runs, but he, he... you're going to, you know, he strikes out his batters and he's getting his outs. But uh, in Colorado, man, I mean, some of those guys just crushed his fastballs. And he he, um, he coughed up a lead there. Uh, it, it, well, was, was it a one-run homer and then a two-run homer? I think. I can't remember. But uh, I just think he's coming around a lot better than years previous. And he's starting to look like, you know, 
he's a good fit. He's a good number two, number three pitcher. Yeah. I think so, anyway. Well, like, um, for example, last know, year, he only appeared in 18 games because he was injured, right? So he was dealing with that, and I think previous to the injury and after the injury, that affected him. This year, I think he's healthy. Yeah. I, think, I think he's 100% healthy, and he's got the movement on his fastball. Now, he loses command at times, and that's always where Freddie Peralta is going to get into trouble. There will be outings yeah. where he just doesn't have his command fully, and he'll walk some guys or he'll give up the home runs. But right now, his high-end yep. banks, his ceiling has been so good. He's given them a couple of elite starts this year, and they've needed that because Woodruff isn't available, and Burns really hasn't been elite himself, at least not like we got used to right. last year and the year before. Yep. I think it's I think it's going to be interesting once you know Woodruff comes back. Um, you know I think Burns will turn it around. I mean he's he's not going to be an ace every day, uh, but but he is he's a he's he's going to turn it around. I think it's going to be an interesting year. So he needs to be an Looking ace like seven of eight or eight of nine. He doesn't need to be an ace every start, but pretty darn close. Like that's what the Brewers need from him. That's darn right, and that's what we're paying him for, too. Darn right. You know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Got it. All right. Okay, man. Hey, good talking to you for more than uh, 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, sorry again for that, Binks. It was nice to hear from you. Hopefully we get to have some that's great first okay, conversations man. this season. Yeah, you take care, man. You as well. Enjoy life out on the island. Be a beautiful night to be out on French Island. Jealous. Maybe I'll go to French Island tonight. I got to meet with the media. Oh, my God. I don't want to do this. I don't want to meet with the media after this show. I don't I don't want to go face it. What are they going to ask me? Why is Tony in Texas and Mexico? I, I don't know. Why does Tony in Texas do anything? Man, is he is an enigma. Go join his Twitter space. And tonight, you can go back and forth between Tony in Texas and Wisco After Dark and Elon or, and Tucker hosting a space. Because it seems like Tucker is just going to Twitter now, which is very interesting. I'm very much enjoying following the Tucker saga. As someone who's never watched Tucker before, not anti-Tucker, I've just never watched. I just the the cable news people moving around. It's a lot like Joe Buck and Aikman switching networks. I, there's a lot of money. The face of a big network. I just think it's very interesting. Uh, also, very interesting. Bill Plunkett on Twitter, who is the Dodgers beat writer for the Orange County Register, the OC Register. Don't call it that. Rusted Development joke for those who uh, enjoy that show. Dodgers are staying at the legendary Haunted Fister Hotel in Milwaukee, but not Mookie Betts. He rented an Airbnb for some friends and is staying there just in case the stories about ghosts are true. He says he doesn't really believe in ghosts, but he doesn't want to find out he's wrong. I've never stayed at the Fister before. Is it expensive? Fister Hotel per night. Because, like, I'd go just to check it out, but if it costs a ton of money, then, like, then it's then I'm not just doing it just for to be cool, you know. Expedia, the Fister Hotel. Ooh, this is nice. I'm looking at pictures. Although a haunted hotel, I don't need the chandelier. I don't need the piano. That's just you're you're opening doors for for ghosty things to happen. Let's get rid of the big loud chandelier. That's stuff out of horror movies. I'm gonna look at nightly rates for the Fister. I've never stayed there before, and we always hear about it with certain players having ghost experiences there. I just feel like I should stay there. We could do a we could do a ghost adventures, a, a Wisco ghost adventures. Oh, God, uh, let's see here. What's the? I want the nicest room. I'm scrolling all the way to the bottom. 
Uh, the Heritage and Grand Heritage Suites, most spacious suite. Uh, two rooms, a parlor. Oh, I need the parlor. I'm going to inquire now. Let's see where this button takes me. Inquire. Oh, I got to send an email. That's how you know I'm poor. They don't even put the price on the website. You have to inquire about the price. Okay, well, I think we're out on that. I'll look at some of the smaller rooms. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Last couple of minutes here. Brewers, Dodgers tonight. NBA playoffs are back as well. I kind of backed off talking about the NBA playoffs just a little bit and got some caller pushback in the last week. And I love pushback. I love criticism. Thrive on it. I guess how I grow. That's how the show grows. Uh, so I was glad we brought a little more discussion about the NBA playoffs tonight. I'm looking at rooms at the Fister right now. Uh, they are out of my price range, slightly. Slightly, so maybe the, the the Ghost Adventures show at the Fister Hotel. Uh, we'll, we'll expense that, or maybe we can get Bill to go. We can get Bill, yeah. Maybe we can get him to get one of the nice suites. We can go. We can have a crossover episode. The Bill Michaels Show, the Wisco Sports Show, the big unit and the medium unit at the Fister Hotel might be kind of fun. There's no way Bill believes in ghosts. Maybe I'll ask him about this. Eric on I ninety is giving me a ring. Eric, we were just talking off the air for a second before I brought you on. You've stayed at the Fister, uh, a man of your status. It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, Grant, I have stayed at the Fister, um, and I want to make it clear, I'm not your, like, person that would stay at the Fister all the time, but it was a celebration of my birthday, Oh. and my wife treated me to a Bucks game and a night at the Fister Motel, and I'm going to tell you, that place is haunted with good times, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Haunted with good times. Haunted with good times. Which, um, was it a game that yeah. you went to this year? No, no, it was back. I was right at the end of the pandemic. Okay. Um, we had to sit. There was only so many people out in each row. Oh. And to get, like, anything from the, from the, you know, like, you wanted a pop or a drink, and I, I chose... I chose Bacardi and Coke. Nice, nice. You would go up, and they had, they had like a little, like a little, I don't know, like a kindergarten booth where you put your pad where your order would be there. You'd order it on your phone. Yep. And you'd run up, and it would be right there, and you'd run back down to your seat, and uh, just had a fabulous time. Um, had to wear a mask to the game. Uh, Bucks just, I found myself. I got. You know, I had so many Bacardi and Cokes that I was sitting there at the game watching the game on the big screen, uh-huh. and I wasn't even watching the game Dude. down on the floor. So, I, uh, um, I do that at Brewer games sometimes time. where I forget the game's going on in front of me, so I'll check Twitter. and then Because, you know, if you're watching on home, like I watch on a stream, so it's a little delayed. So I'll check on Twitter to be like, oh, has Adam McKelvey tweeted the result of this inning yet? And I'll do that at a game before realizing, Grant, you're – you're watching the actual thing. Like, you can't see it any sooner than it's happening in front of your eyeballs. So, if you do go stay at the Sister Grant, I would recommend one time in your life, go and stay there. Go upstairs to the top floor. Okay. They got a big round 
bar up there. It's like blue velvet seats. Ooh. And they make the most awesome drinks you'll ever have. In fact, the drinks are so awesome, you won't even make it down to the ground floor to eat supper. It will be... You won't need to. What did you, you, even, what did you have? Get real for me. Uh, blackberry brandy old-fashioned. And... Oh my God! Like the fifth one was way better than the first one, and it was just a just a really awesome time. Uh, I got to mark that down as one of my best birthdays ever. Oh, I have to thank Mrs. I ninety for that. Mrs. I ninety, your yeah. beautiful pride. So you have great. Well, that is yeah. heartwarming and informational, Eric. I appreciate this. Thank you for letting us right. know. Right, and then another thing you can do down there is you know if you stay down there, and you're just walking to the game. Yep. You know, and you can go to those other establishments down there. It's just a really nice nice time in downtown Milwaukee. So I, um, sports, NBA, I'm, uh, we're watching some NBA playoffs. We are. Last night we were jumping back and forth between Pulp Fiction Ooh. And, uh, and, the, and the playoffs. So, you know, we'd go and check the score every once in a while, and then we'd watch, we'd watch the end of the playoff game. You know, it was fun. I'm excited for tonight's games. I'm a little bit over Heat and Knicks, but Celtic Sixers, very interesting. And then, Eric, we really have a live uh, a live battle here between Cone Rollers, Suns, and the Denver Nuggets. I didn't think that this series was going to get back to even. Just some of the best shot makers in basketball, just trading haymakers back and forth. So, is it, uh, is it Phoenix that's playing the, the Nuggets, right? Yeah, yep. You know, I'm just getting a lot, of, a lot of appreciation for watching some really good basketball players that I don't normally watch. And you watch them more closely when your team's not playing, right? Because when Giannis is playing, it's all about Giannis, and everybody else sucks. I don't even want to watch them, but now I'm forced to not be able to watch Giannis. And there is some really good basketball play out there. Oh. Um, I think he, I think it's well worth people's time to watch it. Wow. Eric, I just, years ago when, when our paths first crossed, I, I wouldn't have expected you to be just a, a beacon of NBA talk on the show. But look at how far we come, and I suppose we should thank Mrs. On I-90 for taking you to a Bucks game, treating you to the Fister, and, and really showing you what the NBA can be all about. This, this is a league of luxury, of superstars, right, where the where the owners sit courtside and bump elbows with the players. Yes, it is. It's, it's quite a sport, and... Um entertaining um and the games are if i'm going to go to a pro game i want to go to a bucks game i don't yeah. even want to go to a pro football game anymore um i i but I, i'll go to bucks games no doubt about it yeah i like that well i appreciate you eric have a have a lovely drive home is it nice outside i haven't been outside in a couple of hours what can i expect it's pretty it's pretty nice out here it's uh nice and warm and a little uh, overcast but that's all right that's all right we'll take the warm thank you eric appreciate your storytelling hey Alice. Hey, have a great night, buddy. You too. Eric on I-90. He said that the Fister, that place is haunted with good times. Uh, Yeah, Jerry and Scotty tweets in and said, quote, treating you to the Fister is a phrasing choice. Yeah, you know. Hey, I do want credit. I made it through over 10 minutes of talking about the Fister Hotel without saying, Fister, I hardly know her. Never once came out of my mouth. Was in my brain the entire time, ready to be used, and I just never did. I never pulled the trigger. So let's all say thank you, Grant, for your maturity, 
and uh, and tact as a radio host. Just just letting Eric on I-90 drive the bus and not making the pervy joke that everyone uh, knows is there to be made. Tomorrow, Brewers play in the afternoon, so we'll have two Brewer games to talk about, a little double feature. And Nuggets Suns, a game tonight that could seriously swing what this NBA Finals and, and what the upcoming champion could look like. So that's very exciting. A lot to discuss tomorrow. I can't wait. Enjoy the Brewer games. Enjoy the basketball. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Before.